This episode of the Shooting Brooks podcast is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Do you want to make some quick cash on sports betting but don't really know how? Well, come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a specific sport. For instance, if you're interested in the NFL on Thrive Fantasy, you choose 10 out of the 20 player propositions to build your lineup. NFL not your thing? Not a problem. For the NBA, MLB, PGA, or eSports, you choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to happen. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. If you're into the PGA, Thrive has new contests for each day of tournaments, so don't sweat it if your golfers ruin your weekend by not making the cut. Since launching in 2018, Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes. Ready to play? You can download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Don't forget to use our promo code SBPOD when you sign up today to receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. With that being said, that was an incredibly charged 40-something minutes. Do you guys want to talk about something even better? Yes. Or yes. Switch it up a bit, right? I'm sure you guys have all seen Luka Doncic, and he is an amazing player. Do you guys think he's, as a 21-year-old, the best 21-year-old in the history of the NBA? And I bring that up because I was comparing him to – to LeBron stats and check this in both their first two years, LeBron averaged 24 points, six rebounds and six assists. Luca has averaged 24 points, eight rebounds and seven assists shooting about the same. Wow. Really similar percentages all across the board. And I posit this question to you. Do you guys think he's the best 21 year old in the history of the NBA considering everything he's done? Because I know you guys all know the accolades and whatever else, but personally, I think uh, he is. He's the best player I've seen at this age and probably, bar none, the best young player in the league. I, I think he's definitely up there. I think there have been players that you know could, could challenge Luka, LeBron being one of them. Even even a young Kobe Bryant could, could, ch- uh, could challenge Luka for that position. But I think he, he's part of that list. I'm not... I'm not sure if I'm ready to crown him as the best 21-year-old to ever play the game, but he's up there. But with that being said, you know, you know, before the season, I, I thought, you know, Giannis is the future, future face of the league. But, you know, as Luka and people at Zion came into the league, you know, and especially with Luka now, you know, it has made me begin to really doubt that assertion. So while I don't know if I can claim uh, Luka is the best 21-year-old to ever play the game, but I, I think I think he's going to give other people for the run of his money, and I think Luca is going to be around uh, with this league for years to come. All right, so I I agree with you one part, Jared. He is the best twenty-one year old mm-hmm. in the league currently. But we have to factor in Luca Doncic was playing professionally since when? Sixteen. Sixteen, right? So I'm not going to compare 
you compared Luka Doncic's second season to LeBron's second season, right? I compared his first two seasons, their first two seasons, actually, because I looked it up on basketball reference, and their stats are almost exactly the same. LeBron played seven, eight more minutes. They basically shot the same field goal percentage. They shot the same three-point percentage. They shot the same, almost the same free throw percentage. And they scored the same amount of points and they had the same amount of turnovers and the same amount of blocks and steals. The only thing that's differentiating the two is that Luca has more assists and more rebounds okay. in fewer minutes. So one, I'm going to say that the game was different for, for one, two, I'm going to say LeBron James compared, let's compare the Cavaliers within his first four years. So from 18 to about 22 by his fourth year, which will be technically kind of the same age as Luka Doncic right now. Right. He brought the Cavaliers with their second best player being who? The Junis Elgaus. The Junis Elgauskas to the Larry Hughes. To the finals. To the finals. (laughs) Now LeBron James has had horrible teams. Horrible yeah, teams. Yes. Within his first four years and was balling out. His second year, he waited to the all-star team. In his first year, he, he there's arguably he should have made it as well. 25 and 5. Now, Luka Doncic, I ain't taking nothing from that dual game. He is he is a monster. But arguably, his teams are far better. <laughs> far better than those Cavaliers teams. So obviously, if my supporting cast is supporting, I'm able to do more so i can't say that he the best 21 year old i can say he he won the best he up there and then when did michael michael was 21 in his first a, season right as a rookie, as a rookie. Yeah. and michael jordan what <laughs> rookie season all, all, rookie season was balling out so i mean i don't know it's it's different i think the game is different now mm-hmm. you can rely he can rely more on that three-point shot um it's it's I'm gonna even talk about the the defense wise. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of this going on instead of roughing him up. I feel like LeBron probably got a little elbows here and there, a little bit more rust. Ron Artest in the league at the time. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a different game. So I can't sit here and say he's he's better than LeBron. He's averaging more rebounds. Nah, I can't say that. But I can say he, he he's definitely one. Of, he's probably the best young star in this league. Absolutely, right now. Fair enough. So for me, it comes down to obviously MJ, LeBron, Luca. Um, so MJ's as a rookie was twenty eight point six and a half rebounds, six assists. LeBron's 20, age twenty one was his third season, so he was thirty one point four point seven rebounds, six and a half assists. And then Luca this year was twenty eight, twenty nine, nine and a half and nine. And LeBron was a slightly better shooter from three compared to Luca. Um, Three point a little bit higher too, but because I never watched LeBron as a twenty one year old, so I have to say Luca. But but going off drill like the, that era, LeBron was a twenty one year old putting up thirty points. That was both the no spacing and like the defense. That's when they were changed the defensive rules, so that was even harder to score then. Emphasis wasn't on the three point shot. The pace was a lot slower. LeBron is he won fifty games, which was a sixty one percent winning percentage. Luca won uh, this year 57%. And then I take a look, like, okay, well, Luca played in the West. But at the same time, like Drill brought up, he has Chris Stapps. He has a better squad than LeBron had. So, like, it's, I mean, honestly, it's flip a coin. Like, I can't say, you're not wrong. It's honestly just preference. But to me, I would maybe go LeBron just because he is the superior athlete and mm-hmm. I trust him 
the value he brings on defense, especially when he was younger. Yeah. I completely forgot that. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, at the at the end of the day, no matter like what, if he is or not the best twenty one year old to ever play in in the NBA, one thing is for sure. I think Luca and the Dallas Mavs, with the owner that they have and the roster they have already planned out, and the supporting cast that surrounds Luca, I think the Dallas Mavs are honestly, in my opinion, I wouldn't be shocked if they are if they are the indeed the next great dynasty in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, because be- because. All the foundations they got, they got the, they got their one, they got their two, and they got the great owner and the great management around them. They are mm-hmm. built for success coach, in the long and term. The coach. And the coach, Rick Carlisle. Yeah. yeah, you've been trying to speak it into existence that Giannis should go to Dallas. So, I mean, hey. I I could see it. I I'm still arguing. I could definitely see Giannis, you know, going to Dallas if they if he doesn't win anything in Milwaukee. I can't call KP a two, like the one-two punch. I can't. I can't give. Not it. yet. Because yeah. the injuries and right. this, I wanted to say this because this, I know it's bubble ball, but why is there so many athletes? Like, why are they so weak? The littlest I, injury in it. Oh, I'm done for the game. I'm done. I think it's I'm just like the, soft, the soft tissue. That's what like people are saying. The soft tissue injuries, like when you're like off for so long and then the yeah. abrupt start. That's what like, that's what, that's what people are saying. So well, yeah. aside from that, KP yeah. hasn't been the best with when it comes I mean, no. to injuries. No, I, I agree. I agree. Like, he has the talent. He just not – availability is the best ability, right? But yeah. he doesn't have that down yet. So, Yeah, and the thing with him is because he is a big two, that makes the problems even more difficult to overcome because he tore his ACL. He missed 18, 21 months, right? Something like that? S- similar time frame? Yeah, because he, he missed – he missed the year two years ago, and then he missed all of last season, and he yeah. came back this year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so. I'm getting more Yao Ming vibes than Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. As far yeah. as like, I mean, availability. I hope, <laughs> I, hope, I hope he's healthy because I do think like like I'm like I'm a Daniel. I think the Mavs, if they both stay healthy, they're both in my opinion MV, will be MVP caliber players for the next decade, and they're gonna they have like two foundational pieces. It just mm-hmm. rests on. KP's knees. I mean, which you know, don't have the best track record. You, you never know. I mean, like, look at the what, what the what the Warriors did. You never know. A third All Star can come in there in free agency and just sign with them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so you're gonna become a Mavericks fan, huh? <laughs> no, I'm no, no, not, no, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Lakers fan, but yes, I, I acknowledge what what could be coming down the door. <laughs> so you guys have been talking about KP and. You know, they they have – they find themselves in a little bit of a hole. So, do you guys think that the Mavs can actually upset the Clippers? Because I think so. If the pieces fall right, hope, fingers crossed, with everything going on, would if it falls right, they could upset the Clippers. I think That's there is me. a – I think there is a definite legitimate chance. But, the you know, the game yesterday kind of, like, signaled, like, you know, I think – they still can do it. It's just like they, they definitely – KP needs to come back for mm-hmm. sure. If he doesn't come back, the season's over. But uh, if KP does come back for game six, I think the, the Mavs could tie it up. Now, game seven, that's a whole different story. Uh, it does seem like, you know, Luka did seem tired the last game. So, like, they're, they, they have a trailblazers problem where they're running on tired legs. But, you know, if they could you know, get, out, get together for one last hurrah – I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas, lock, you know, knocks the Clippers out. You asking for them to win two games in a row? Yep, 
That's oh, difficult. Le- LeBron it's, did it's, four. Or no, that, three. That's LeBron. That's LeBron. That's LeBron. Luke we're ain't reached that yet. We're potentially looking at the next LeBron. But Luke ain't reached that yet. Now, LeBron didn't reach that to, you know, he didn't elevate his status until he joined the Heat. But um, uh, what was I about to say? This this boycott is going to benefit teams, unfortunately. Uh, I don't. I don't know what to say, but <laughs> it's going to benefit teams because now they're going to rest. This boycott can last, like we said, it could last till next week. And a lot of players that had these little minor soft tissue injuries can rest up and have full health. So I, I feel like the Mavericks can probably still game six. But when it comes down the line, Kawhi Leonard is, is just different, man. He's different. Yeah. And I just don't think that the Mavericks can do it. Just I mean – as, as a Lakers fan, I'm obviously rooting for Dallas to knock them out. It just makes the championship path easier uh, for, our, for our Lakers here. So, I mean, but, like, it's going to be a seriously difficult job to pull. Depending on Porzingis' health, which I don't – like, it, that's what my pick hinges on. But I do think the Clippers are going to win in six, ultimately. Because, like, last game, they finally, like, showed up. They weren't messing around. And I, that's the Clippers I expected. So – I'm not. I'm a Laker fan, so it hurts me to say that. But like, talent's talent. So, absolutely, and you can never have too much talent, which is why having Paul George appear in that game was huge. Yeah, playoff P. Playoff P. Well, regardless of what you want to call him, let's just call him. Well, I don't want to call him PP, but let's just (laughs) okay. Paul George, right? Let's just call him Paul George. (laughs) But he had one hell of a game. And he's he went after the game. He spoke to the media and said that he quote underestimated mental health. He had I had anxiety. I had depression. End quote. And you know we've we are all proponents of you know getting better mental health care and just speaking out about mental health and the fact that he was able to talk about mental health and the fans. I was looking at the comments. The fans that are accepting of him speaking out about his mental health. I mean, I'm not one to, to, you know, just say, Oh, it's an excuse or whatever. But if he was going through some mental health issues, that would explain his performances. Wouldn't you guys agree? There's so much pressure, especially in a bubble to, to succeed. I mean, of course, of course, like mental health issues are about to occur. But other than that, like, I'm glad he's speaking out and, you know, uh, I hope he gets the help he deserves and, you know, like, he can pull off for the rest of this playoff run. I'm glad that he's speaking out on things that NBA players face. Um, and I'm not trying to like discredit what he's saying, but like, I don't know if there's something that's just happened around this time. Cause it's like every year he disappears. So I don't know if that's, it's a bigger thing that's going on internally that he just needs to work on, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's ironic that it happens every year and it's ironic that you were talking to Dame Lillard and then all of a sudden now you speak up on it like no I'm not trying to say it like I'm not trying to take away from him like even the ice that he had on his shoulder like all of a sudden just stuff is popping up like if he's really experiencing this and he's speaking on it please do because I feel like a lot of NBA players face it and they don't want to say stuff but it's just ironic I'm not calling him out or anything just ironic so not to get personal, but I've actually I've dealt with uh, anxiety and depression, and I still go through it from time to time. So like I'm glad that he like opened up about it and stuff. My only thing is going after Jarrell, Like, why talk all that talk then? Like, if you can't like that's what you call a front runner. He puts it all out, but then he can't take it. But then once he's like doing like yeah, like 
he was he he kind of he instigated a lot of it in certain regards. So like, and then he kind of like backpedaled pretty hard with like the injury and stuff. So like, I'm kind of on that, but I am glad that he did speak out, and I completely agree. It will it will affect. It, I'm not surprised that he was performing that badly if since he was dealing with those issues for sure. But I still think he's somewhat of a front runner. <laughs> he he did go on like record and say that a lot of it was because he was in the bubble, right? And that's one of the things that n- nobody really talks about is we don't necessarily know what these athletes experience because all we see is what they put up on social media. For all we know, they could be stuck in a hotel room for, I don't know, 20, 18, 20 hours a day, be out for four hours for the game, then be straight back. And they can't see their family. They can't talk to their loved ones, this thing and that thing. So all these issues just compounded into what I'm assuming is a pretty, pretty runner for Paul George. And, you know, Credit to him for speaking out. We obviously love it, but I mean, and honestly, like from the things of it, like the conditions in the bubble were like they're not the you know they're not the best either. Like small rooms and like the foods like not the best. So like it, it's it's definitely not surprising. Right, and you guys mentioned Damian Lillard just to switch topics here a little bit. So with all the stuff that's been made about Damian Lillard, it sucks to see him, you know, be out for Game Five, but. This is before everything happened. And you got to give props to the Blazers for fighting as hard as they've been because everything that they've gone through, the injuries, especially with McCollum having a fractured back, Yusuf Nurkic coming back from that horrific injury and just having the grit to just keep on going and make it to the eighth seed and steal a game from the Lakers, the mighty Lakers. You got to give them props. Zach Collins too. Zach Collins, right. Thank you. I mean, you just got to give him props for that. I mean, what the Blazers have done in the bubble has been honestly been amazing. I mean, it's just like, you know, uh, tired legs have caught up to them. And, you know, if if the Blazers had more fresher legs, no doubt that the Blazers could give the Lakers like a bigger run. But to even take a game away from the Lakers is honestly an amazing accomplishment. So props to them. Absolutely. I have respect for them. Like you, you guys, you guys saw on the rant last week, <laughs> I have respect for them. And I mean, it sucks that they're going through all of this, but I mean, no offense, but it's beneficial for the Lakers. I'm not trying to be, <laughs> but yeah, I have, I have respect for them though. They're, they're awesome. And I didn't want to face them how they were playing game one versus the Lakers, how they were playing. Game one. Speaking of that rant, great segue. You're still worried about the Lakers? Was this all of a sod to give the Blazers this false sense of security? Like, oh, we could actually do this. Or was it just one of those things where it's like, yeah, we're just going to turn it on, man. No chance. We, we're just trying to get – we're just trying to do something, and then, you know, it didn't work out. So, still worried? I was worried. I was. Uh, because <laughs> how they were playing, what, it, 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 there was no change. You know what I'm saying? Like, from bubble games to that game. Even in game two, I kind of was like, it is, it, is, it is what it is. Y'all already had me feeling some type of way. The only game that I felt like, oh, it's ready to go, we good, is the blowout. But then again, the Blazers, to be honest, they haven't been playing, like, the usual Blazers. I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know. Damian Lillard's having some type of other extra injury, but the Blazers aren't the same. So the defense, man. I mean, the Lakers do look better. I'm gonna applaud that they do look better. But 
I just, I don't like how they did that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you have that one friend that does some stupid shit. Like, bro, what are you doing? Like, not the next day or uh, five minutes later, I'm not going to be like, oh, he's just an amazing friend. I'm still going to be thinking about that. So I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm worried, but I just hope that, that how they're playing now goes throughout the playoffs. I mean, I, I want to piggyback off Jarrell there. I think it all depends how they keep playing from – can they keep this consistent performance uh, – keep, like, these type of recent performance as a consistent basis – so, like, if they can do that, the Lakers have a great shot at the championship. But, you know, a lot has shown that, you know, the Lakers can switch it up at times and flip it the wrong way. So, I think the key for the Lakers going forward is can they keep up their good defense up? Because if they can keep up their defense up, they can mask the other problems that they have experienced before. All right. I think, I think they, they if they want to win, they definitely need KCP and Danny Green to play like they have been since game one. Because I think those two are the key because LeBron and AD – are going to get you theirs. It depends. It all hinges on what the support is going to give them. And I think if Danny Green can be the Danny Green, that playoff Danny Green that we've grown accustomed to, and KCP can continue to shoot like he is and be energetic on defense and active, then I think they have a really good shot. And I think I think Kuzma is going to come around also, like reach, be, become a lot more consistent. Like he, he was making shots last game. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come so, quick question to you guys. Do you guys follow the uh, the KCP burner account on Twitter? Nah. nah. No. I didn't know there was one. I, I mean, I, I know I know KD, ha- K- uh, KD has one. I don't know if he still uses it, though. KCP does have a burner account that after game one, everyone was, you know, shitting on KCP, but this quote-unquote – you know, KCP fan account just all of a sudden said, hey, watch out. He's going to play well in game two. Look what happened. And he was like, he's going to keep it going. He's going to keep playing well. Look what happened. Mm? You just got to flip a coin with him before every game because he's either <laughs> going to be really good or really bad. He's never in the middle. He's always yeah. on the extremes. He can be like a Tony Snell or he can be like <laughs> someone else. <laughs> I, and I think it's all because just falling in love with that three. Like, let's hit, but it's those that, that driving kick, that attacking the basket. KCP can attack the basket pretty solid. Like, I remember in Detroit, he was getting dunks left and right, getting those tip passes, getting out in the open court. And all of a sudden, you're just a shooter because you're playing with LeBron. But it's it, we need that. We need that driving penetration. We need you guys to be able to think, oh, I don't always have to shoot. But when you do shoot, shoot with confidence. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's ultimately like helped us fuel to play better as well as LeBron and AD coming out with intensity because it all starts with him. Oh, yeah. A- AD's been different. Like he's like, like I think, I think the last AD, AD is probably the most important player, like besides LeBron because mm-hmm. um, of course, because yeah. the better AD, <laughs> the better AD plays, you know, um, you, you know, you know, the better chances the Lakers have winning. And when he plays yeah. like Anthony Bennett, the Lakers have bigger chances of losing. When he tries, when he stops trying to think he's a point guard, like I understand, dribble the ball up and do this and do that, but attack the motherfuckers. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they can't I mean, match you. I mean, like at the end of the day, I think that obviously, I think AD needs to be put more down low. I mean, like the truth is, AD, like you know, three pointers. That's not his speciality. Like he shouldn't. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Drell. All I was going to say is he don't – I don't know he don't like the back to the basket. Uh, like, I don't know if you guys listen to uh, uh, Sportsnet uh, with Stu Lance. That dude 
really just I like how he just commentates and he just he tells everything that needs to be told. And AD could get the ball in the high post, right? Kick it back out and then repost at the low post rather than trying to dribble somebody from the three point line or catch it and quickly drive because who's at the five position? Who's matching his foot speed? That's what I think he needs to do. It doesn't always have to be, oh, let me just back you down. Like then, and that's what I think he thought he needed to do or just shoot. Like there's in between. Your in between game is is pretty awesome. Your mid range game is solid. Like, come on, bro, work it. Work it indeed. And you guys mentioned three pointers, right? And we're gonna make this fairly quick because personally, I don't like talking about the series, but I don't know about you guys. The Rockets and the Thunder. Uh, that's a you know it's a series i guess um well good luck to whoever wins but what do you guys think who, who's gonna pull it out uh I'm rooting, for, I'm rooting for oklahoma obviously Ooh. uh i'm rooting for oklahoma just to make the path easier anything to make the path easier but uh, uh i think houston is gonna pull out i think james Harden ultimately is the x factor here he's you know one of the best players in the world and yeah i think houston wins and in the second round will be a pretty decent test with uh, Russell Westbrook inevitably comes back. I agree with you, uh, Jared. I don't like this. I don't <laughs> like the Houston Rockets play style. It pisses me off. But it's they're going to win. They're going yeah. to win. You can't stop James Harden. Yeah, they're bad. And even when you, yeah, dog. Even when he shoots bad, like they're still winning, or they still won one of those games. Is there but, any yeah. word on when Westbrook's supposed to come back? He's definitely missing Game Five. I think depending okay. on, yeah. He, okay. Well, I mean, it depends on when Game Five is now, right? Because yeah, that's true. That's true. Because if he comes back, like if game games are postponed enough where he can come back, then they're definitely winning. But if mm-hmm. he remains out for the rest of for the rest of the games, then I think he'll go seven, Houston in seven. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm rooting for Oklahoma. But yeah, like it's I- I'm rooting for OKC for the story also because like mm-hmm. no one expected them t- to be in the playoffs, let alone the fourth seed. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we're talking about teams in the playoffs, right? What do you guys think about the Nuggets and the Jazz? Any thoughts on that particular series? I, I have the Jazz beating the Nuggets in seven because that's how I, I that just, series is going to go. I just think that, the, you know, the Jazz got off, got off to an early start and they eventually took hold of the series. I think Denver kind of has gotten back, but I think it's too late now. So I think, I think Utah gonna, is going to close out this one. I agree. The Jazz are going to win. Uh, I think Denver is still missing those pieces defensively yeah. just because you yeah. just attack Jokic. That, that dude ain't leaving the ground. And Donovan Mitchell, like like I said, has been showing he's a leader and he's winning the matchup against uh, Murray, even though Murray's going off too. I feel Donovan Mitchell has always been one of the more underappreciated players in the league. So um, I, I, mean, I hope, you know. He only been in the league for like two, three years, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you said it like I'm just playing with you, man. <laughs> but like you know, you never know, Jarrell. Uh, you know, all Laker fans are guilty of this talk, but you never know. He could end up on our side one of these days. You know? Yeah, and well, look, just to let me plug in this thing real quick. If the Nuggets had Gary Harris and Will Barton, they're they, they're dealing with their own injuries. This series would be so much more different. I think a healthy Nuggets team would have won because they're missing. Harris's defense, especially, and his shooting too. Yeah, like they, like Murray's. Yeah, like outside of Murray and Jokic, the other guy. Yeah, like if they had those two, I think they would win. Yeah, absolutely. This would be, I would say, probably five Nuggets if they were yeah. fully healthy. 
Utah's obviously missing Bogda- Bogdanovich. I get all the mm-hmm. the those names mixed. Uh, yeah. yeah, so they're obviously missing him, but it looks like they haven't missed Skip the beat because Mike Conley's looking good. So yeah, oh, they're finally. Good to, it's good to see him bowling because I've always been a fan of his. Yeah, their investment's finally paying off, right? He was yeah. playing horrific this season, but he makes a, he's making up for the absence. So yeah, Bogdan. Anything else to add about the with regards to the Western Conference? You guys want to shift to the East? Uh, the Western Conference is obviously the, mo- the more interesting conference in the league. Yeah. It, yeah. Honestly, um, I don't. I'm not giving a f- about many of the Eastern Conference matchups. Yeah, I'm. In- I'm really intrigued by the Raptors Celtics series. Mm-hmm. I- Nick Nurse is probably my favorite coach. Like, I just, I, I like the, I like the dude a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna be paying attention to that because the Raptors were also my pick to come out of the East. So I'm definitely gonna be keeping an eye on them. So that's a great segue. The Raptors swept the Nets, and the Celtics sweep the Sixers. And Suna, you said the Raptors are your pick. In how many games do you think that they'll make it to the Eastern Conference Finals versus the the Celtics? I mean, six or seven or five. I have. I'll say seven, just because like I res- Boston has a good roster. Like mm-hmm. I try not to let my bias get in the way. I try thinking as objectively, and I'm like, Boston, like Tatum's a stud. Brown's just like they got they got Kemba Walker's perfect fit. Um, so I, I have to, I, I'll give them yeah, seven games. I want to say, All right, fair enough. Um, fair enough. Uh, just want to say, I think Boston, it, I kind of, I kind of lean, I kind of lean Toronto the last week, but the more I think about what Ralph said, stars are especially important in the NBA. They are the X factors. I hate the Celtics, but I have to give it. Jason Tatum's a beast. Yeah. Jalen Brown's a great player. Um, I'm going to give, the Celtics, the advantage in six or seven games. A weird gut feeling that this could well indeed end up in six than, than seven. Um, yeah, I'm piggybacking. I'm agreeing with Daniel. Uh, like I said, Raptors have the best overall team. Celtics have the more effective X-Factors weapons. Like Kimball Walker, you know, last game of the series, we finally, like, see him. He He's he's there. Like, I, I made it out the first round. That's going to be the huge X-Factor because the Celtics were balling. Yeah. The Celtics were balling uh, with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, right? And now we just factor in that Kemba Walker. I think the Celtics small ball lineup beats the Raptors small ball lineup. The only the only way, if if possible, because it's gonna be it's gonna be, especially with Gordon Hayward coming back, it's going to be a difficult matchup for Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka to guard Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown when you put them at the four. You know what I'm saying? And that's all you got to do is take advantage of that and. I think Kimball Walker can outplay Kyle Lowry. We'll see. Yeah, and you guys mentioned Kyle Lowry and Gordon Hayward. They're both out with their own respective injuries. And, you know, Kyle Lowry, I think, is the more important piece to the Raptors. Even though Fred Van Vliet has been playing out of his mind, I think the absence of Kyle Lowry is still the bigger, the bigger piece here. So I feel like if I mean, the Raptors. Sorry to interrupt, but like obviously because Kyle Lowry last season was a pivotal part of that championship run. So I mean, he, he de- like Toronto is definitely going to feel that. Yeah, and if he's out for maybe the first two games, because we don't know, he has no timetable for return. So if he misses the first two games, this is easily, you know, the Celtics. And yeah, like I, I, my pick is dependent upon him playing for most of the series. If he's out, then 
I think they're going to lose because he's more important than Hayward. Because Hayward's the third best wing on the Celtics. Yeah. Lowry's the starting point guard and the team leader. So Lowry has much more of an impact on his team. Like, as a player, you could argue Hayward's better. But Hayward's value, because of Tatum and Brown, it's limited. Like, they don't really need him, as they've shown in the last three years. Right. And speaking of the last three years, we talked about the 76ers and how we thought they they would put up at least some sort of fight, but they did not put up a fight at all. Um, just to, just to put this out there, the Her- Tobias Harris and Al Horford deals didn't work at all. They have no more draft picks, at least no more good ones. Brett, ba- Brett Brown is gone. The management might be gone, but nobody knows what's happening there. It's just a whole weird situation. And now they're saying that Embiid and Simmons aren't on the block, but I don't know how true that is because, you know, what you have to let go of someone and you're not going to let go of Al Horford. No one's going to take him. Not on that contract. Tobias Harris's contract is probably one of the worst contracts for what you're getting. And the big four of Embiid, Simmons, and Harris are earning a combined $119 million. Oh, that's a that's a big oof right there. That's above the salary cap right there. Yeah. I, I just, you know, it's kind of indicative. Like, you know, personally, I think this franchise could be there's – a, there's a chance that this franchise could be uh, back in the rebuilding than, you know, sooner than, like, we thought. Um, I, think, I think one of Simmons and Embiid definitely has to go. Um, if I'm the Sixers, I, I lean towards Embiid. Because he has kind of like contributed to the franchise more than I think Simmons has. Simmons at times, he, like he felt like it, 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 his career is kind of underwhelmed at times. So I mean, it's Philadelphia is in a very tricky situation, and I think Philadelphia has kind of embraced going forward that we may miss the playoffs for a couple years, or be like at least be very mediocre, like a be like a sixth to eighth seed playoff team. The Sixers are. F- <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. (laughs) I don't know what in your right mind possessed you to sign uh, Al Horford to a max deal at his age, at his production, when you already have a big. That made no sense to me. I I just, like, I agree with Daniel. Ben Simmons, if I'm Ben Simmons, I'm like, I'll get the (laughs) up out of here. Uh, (laughs) Peace. Uh, He has to go. And that's the only, like, getting rid of Simmons, potentially you could dump him off to a horrible team and package that has a lot of salary cap and package one, uh, Al Horford's contract or something to better your situation. But that, they have to make some trades. They have to make some 2K20 uh, <laughs> trades to make this situation better because if not, like I said, they're <laughs> right, so And they think me... Tyre Horan Lou going to help? My bad. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, is the process over? Oh, it's over. It's over. The they still in process. <laughs> still processing. <laughs> it's still processing. They had to, they had to uh, reinstall, or yeah. or it's gonna completely like fail like fifty five percent through the way. Just boop, download failed. And considering the the whole draft situation now is different, the worst this teams is- don't get the the highest pick. If you're the Sixers, where do you go from here? Right. This is the kind of limbo you hate to be in as a franchise. Yeah, because yeah. like you're cl- you're like right in the middle. You're like you're not close to winning a championship as you've shown, regardless of what the talent says. And then the best path might be going rebuilding, but you already did that for like yeah. a decade. It felt like so. Where do you go? 
Right. I mean, the the way the things are, it, 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 Philly's definitely trapped. And I, I hate to say this. I know Philly fans have endured a lot of years of rebuilding and a lot of bad teams in the process. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> I think they have. They may not have two, three years down the line. Don't be surprised when, you know, Philly has no choice but to rebuild around either like an, like an Embiid or Simmons. So, mm. like – Philly may Philly like Philly fans may have to embrace a couple mediocre seasons or to bad seasons again. Just just be on the lookout because like it's a difficult situation right now. It's a very tricky one. I'm there's two ways. Their best bet is to try to I don't know if they got second round picks or try to steal those second round picks or players within the G League that can develop into some type of role player that you get on a, a boo boo contract that can help and you just not play Al Horford. <laughs> <laughs> or you start trading players because, like Daniel said, it's going to take – for one, it's going to take Al Horford's contract to be off the books. So, what, we got three more years? Yeah. How old is bro, 33? Yeah. yeah. They thought he was that's, – that's disgusting. They thought he was going to age like fine line, but it's the opposite. But, yeah. like, his game doesn't even – it doesn't even complement – like, that's yeah. – who's their uh, general manager? Elton Brand? Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. where they went wrong at. <laughs> I'll never understand the Tobias Harris contract one bit. $35 million for, like, a quality role player makes no sense. Yeah, he is. There's I'll a, never get that. Nobody was signing. They mad because they didn't get LeBron. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Clippers weren't even going to sign him, too. We're talking about trading, right? And one of the teams that could potentially look to move some pieces are the Pacers. They are looking to move Victor Oladipo from, you know, whatever's going on. So... Do you guys agree that this might be a good move? Because they already fired Nate McMillan. The Pacers are eyeing Mike D'Antoni, if it's possible, per Woj. So do you think that Oladipo could be the next one to move? Perhaps, I say yes. Perhaps. I mean, uh, I kind of read this report uh, earlier, but the Lakers have expressed interest in Oladipo, uh, whether no long-term commitment or not. He, he could definitely be on the move. Yeah, I feel hey, so. Hey, that might be perfect. How long is Oladipo's contract? 2021, he's a free agent. All right. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say Danny Green because if his contract was a little bit longer, they will have that salary cap because Danny Green is over in 2021. Uh, well, Danny Green's done next summer. That's when Oladipo is a free agent. Yeah. So I was yeah. saying if yeah. Oladipo's like, contract extended that year, they can oh. get that off the books. But, um, I mean, the Pacers are, are, are about to be f***ed too. Yep. How do you, why do you fire Nate McMillan? Like, you know – He's, they got swept, he, bro. Okay, but your all-star was injured. DeMontis yeah. Sabonis. Like, you know what I'm saying? Victor Oladipo's coming back from an injury. You feel me? You don't have your full, complete team, but you have a coach that consistently, through his term, you've been on a winning record and you've been in the playoffs. You, I can't put the blame on Nate McMillan. I know they got swept. I'm sorry. But unique situation. Uh, you're missing key players. Miles Turner. Miles Turner needs to go. What did so, he do? So it's interesting you bring up DeMont Sabonis, not Miles Turner, because they still have a plan for him. There have been reports that Indiana wants to focus solely on DeMont Sabonis because he, he is an all-star. He looks like a foundational piece. The thing with Oladipo is he's oft-injured. He produces when he's on the court, but he's oft-injured. So what do you want to do there? Do you want to you see if you can trade him? Maybe get some pieces back. Just have one few bad years, and then 
let those assets build back up or do you just want to write it out, see what he can accomplish and then let him walk? Get the, uh, the assets. Right. That's what you are. You, you already fired Nate McMillan. Might as well. Yeah, not might, as sign him. might as well like embrace the rebuild if it happens, if it comes to that. You know, speaking of teams that will get better next year, the one team we I don't think we've talked about a lot on this podcast, the Brooklyn Nets, they're apparently trying to target Greg Popovich to be their coach. <sighs> huh. I'm uh, going to be – I'm serious. Like, I doubt they get him. It's just like Greg – Coach Popovich seems just – he just seems tired. Like, yeah. I think Popovich honestly has accomplished all he could in the NBA – I mean, I think it's an interesting opportunity, but the problem is the age Popovich is. If this happened like five years ago, maybe they would have a, a better chance. But the, but at the state Greg Popovich is at right now, I just think he's just too mentally like drained to, to coach again, especially at that level. It's not happening. He's going to retire a spur. He's too, you know, he's too far yeah. in his career. He's, he's had so much creative control over his rosters and his his plan within organization he's been living there for i don't know how long he's not an nba player he's not searching a ring he's not seeking to go build and establish on another team if anything he retires yeah i'm with you guys i'd be surprised if he left it's it'd be the same as if tim duncan left the spurs as a player like i just can't no i don't see him and then and you're like going off what you guys said too at he's at the age where you don't start a brand new challenge like this Especially when he's just started, what he's the coach of USA basketball now, right? Mm-hmm. So like, he's close to seventy. So like, how many? New, yeah, like so how many? Wow. So how many? Like how many new responsibilities or new challenges would you want to take on? Also, especially when like you're at the end of the road, anyways. Yeah. And I'm sure like he's part of that Spurs culture. Like he's at the root of it. So I think he's gonna go out like Timmy or Ginobili, just retire there. And also, and if he does retire, I'm, or if he does leave for the Nets, surprisingly, one thing I'm keeping an eye on is Beck. I'm curious as to when Becky Becky Hammond. Becky, when she's going to get a coaching gig, head coaching gig. Absolutely. Really. I think before they were, before they hired Tom Thibodeau, the Knicks were thinking about hiring Becky Hammond. Okay. Um, that would have been a good pick because literally anyone is better uh, I mean, than the, the Knicks. The Knicks are trash, but... The problem is, I, I I don't know. It's sometimes it's it's definitely possible to pull like uh, people out of the Popovich coaching tree to other organizations. But it's also at the same time, I feel like it's a hard organization to pull coaches out of because a lot of those people involved in that organization seems very they seem very loyal to that Spurs organization. Yeah, and why wouldn't you be like the prestige that comes with just saying you're from the Spurs organization and just yeah. having the ability to. <laughs> to climb your way from like a video coordinator to potentially the vice president of basketball operations. Like you don't get that with other, with other clubs. And I can see why people don't want to leave the Spurs because it's a good gig. Not going to lie. It's great culture, consistently the best front office and the best coaching staff. And when it comes to not only do they develop the players well, but they develop the front office for people well. They develop their coaches well, too. So, like, top to bottom, like, it's just the kind of family you want to be a part of, in my opinion. Right. I want to. I kind of want to go back to the Nets and their coaching situation. I've heard that uh, Teron Liu is in the mix as well. And honestly, I think, I think it could be a, a good fit because Teron Liu has that championship pedigree and uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving 
have uh, have that championship pedigree to them as well. And also the big thing when you're going to coach the Brooklyn Nets, egos. This the next team is full of egos. You got a flat earther, and and you got you know someone as sensitive as Kevin Durant. So and I think and Toronto Lou has handled egos in the past. So I think Toronto Lou could actually be a decent fit for those uh, for Brooklyn. And he did win with Kyrie. Yeah, yeah, he did win with Kyrie. Yeah. He knows yeah. Kyrie. No, he's a better fit than Pop. He's the better fit than Pop, in my opinion. Right. That's if the Sixers or the Pacers don't scoop him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just want to, with you know, the sun setting, and I just want to leave you guys off with this. How's everyone's Mamba week going so far? And how have you been honoring Kobe? For me personally, it's been going trash because those friggin' bots that, that are on the sneakers app or whatever else, Dick Sporting Goods, they just steal all the sneakers and jerseys away. So I'm kind of miffed, but, you know, I've been honoring him by rocking Kobe's every day. So what about you guys? How's your week going so far and how have you been honoring Kobe? I've, I've been honestly been watching a lot of his highlights and, you know, I've been, you know, kind of been reflecting a lot of, you know, the games I've watched as a kid. And honestly, as a sports fan, those are some of the more formative moments in my, you know, sports watching life. So that I'm honestly, if I had to say anything, watching his highlights and just reflecting on those memories is my way of honoring him. Those bots, because I've been taking L's on the shoes and the jerseys, pissing me off. I'm rocking my Kobe jersey right now. If y'all listening to the podcast, y'all can't see it. But if you're following us on the Shooting Bricks podcast on Instagram, you'll be able to see it most likely. Um, yeah, I've been watching, uh, like Daniel said, on Sportsnet, uh, if you have DirecTV, six, Channel 691. Um, they've been showing a lot of Kobe stuff. And I've been watching – I watched the 81-point game. Um, I posted a video on Entertainment Paradise. Go ahead, check that out on, on Instagram. But, um, yeah, just reminiscing, just looking and looking through photos, looking at old videos and just just acknowledging, like, how great of a basketball player he was and his philosophy in life. And I got one of his books, too. I'm going to read the Wizard Art uh, series. So, yeah, just honoring him in that sense, just reading his books and stuff. Highlights, highlights, highlights. That's, that's like, that's the best way. Like, because, like, I love to appreciate the artist at his craft. And that's like the best form of because I, I since he passed, I can't really count on one. I can't really count the amount of days because I don't. They haven't been that many that I haven't watched a Kobe highlight or like gone onto social media, searched them up, and see what if someone. Yeah, like I'm always I'm always thinking about him. Like because he was I don't know. Like that's the best way. Just Kobe. I don't know. I mean highlights. Highlights. The I will never forget the 81 point game. Um, it's just, you know, it was, there was a weird, there was just this magical spectacle of it. And he just, he, he, he just couldn't forget it. Mm-hmm. He couldn't forget it. Every game where we see him just take over, it just gives me goosebumps. And I, I preach this a lot. He's like one, he's the only player that I really watched his games. And I'm literally like getting legit goosebumps watching him. Just the heart racing, like, bro, like for real. And just looking back at the videos, I, I still get emotional to this day. So, Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like, I'm in the same boat as you. Just looking, I, I still have him as my screen saver. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 With all that being said, you know, the sun has slowly set, and it's time to wrap up this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. As always, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter and at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram for all the news on the Shooting Bricks podcast. 
And also, I just want to thank Sunit for hopping on. I know it's a it's a super heavy episode, at least in the beginning, but really appreciate you hopping on, man. It's it's good to catch up, especially just talking about sports and shooting this shit for like an hour and a half. And, you know, if people want to follow you, you know, read your stuff, follow your work, where can they find you? Um, the website is called SoCalSportsHub.net. And also, thanks a lot for having me on. Had a good time. I think this is might be my first podcast. I've been on a radio sh- station once, went live once, but podcast, no. So this is history for me. <laughs> no worries, man. No worries. We're, we're so thanks for having glad. me. Dude, no worries, man. We're, we're always glad to have you along if you do want to come back. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm always trying open. to look. I'm always trying to look for like just like three or four people to have these kind of talks with. And and because of COVID, I don't get to socialize as much. Like, this has been really, this has been a good time. Really refreshing. Well, I'm glad to yeah. hear that, man. And hopefully we can set aside another time just to talk more about sports. But yep. with all that being said, as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. And I'm Daniel Hoyne. Joining us. Soon it's it. your boy, Rally Rail, Jarrell Sales. And I'm, I'm Sunit. And yeah, thanks again for having me. It's a good time. No worries. Thank you for coming on. And we will see all of you, the wonderful people that listen to this podcast, next week.